Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Amen. Church, we have a testimony in the house. There is a testimony in the house. Are you excited about testimonies? All right, help me welcome LP Aquile as she shared with us. So, LP, kindly introduce yourself. <laughs> Hello, church. Please, I'm Makwili, and I'm a lady pastor. My testimony is about divine provision. So, is somebody here expecting a divine provision somewhere? Hey, how many of some people? Some people's hands are down. Are you sorted already? All right. May the Lord do for you as she has done. He has done for our brother and sister. Okay. So, I've been looking for accommodation from the beginning of this year. I've been thinking about it and how God will sort me out. And one of the major things was the money, how to pay for the accommodation. And it wasn't easy. And fast forward, I remember Sister Joy um, taught us on a series of pray- on prayer. And she gave an example about a cup and that once you pray, if you your prayer hasn't been answered, then it means that that cup hasn't been full yet. And I remember I prayed. I told God that, Charlie, the money is not adding up. I don't have it. Like, I don't know where I'll get the money from. And um, two weeks ago, I mean, I, I, I remember I told everyone that I'll look for a place and pack my things go to our crowd maybe for a week and come back and continue because so, yeah. my landlady had given me a deadline okay. of last week Monday. And you had no idea out. where the money was coming. Yes, and how the money would come. And I knew the kind of place I wanted to move into. Okay. Uh-huh. So I told God that as for perching, I mean, it was some years back we used to perch. This time around, I'm beyond Not perching. We don't do that. So, um, um, I think last two weeks, Monday, a friend called me and was like, ah, you don't sound well. And I was like, oh, it's been about my accommodation. I've been very frustrated. And he said, oh, I don't take area. The accommodation is expensive, so I should try and Sokore Mampo. So I went to work, did all I could. Then I called Regina. She's in the film stars. Then I told her that, oh, she's going to accompany me look for a place. So I had a place. I don't know Sokore Mampo well, but I had a junction in mind. When I got there, um, we, we, we asked people that were looking for accommodation, and as usual, Ghana, they'll help you. So we go to this man, and he spoke to us that, oh, he had a place, he would show us and everything. Long and short, the man was actually an agent, so I had to pay an agent fee, which I had not prepared for. So I told, I think so I had almost. You pay 10%. You pay 10%. You pay a working fee. A working fee. Of 100 CDs. Every day. Yes. And as I was going, I had like, I think, 70 CDs on me. So I told the man that I didn't have any plan to pay any agent working fee. That's how come I left home early with an That's why I went to myself to look for the place. Then I told the man that, oh, I, had only, I, can, I could only give him 50 CDs. Then he said, fine. So the agent took us back to where we had walked from home. And he went to knock on a particular door. For about 10 minutes, we stood there. No one came out. Then he called the landlady, and she said, oh, she's not around. So I told the agent that we should move to another place, where he said it was. So we're about where, this was around the Zen filling station, just when you drive up, yes. Then um, as we were moving, there was this man standing just by the next house. And he called us. Frankly, we were just passing. like We didn't even greet him. Then he called us. Then he said, ah. Are you looking for accommodation? And I said, yes. Then he said, oh, how much do I have? Then I said, ah, how much do I have? Like, we kept going back and forth. Then the agent said, oh, I should feel free and tell the man because the man is actually a house owner. Okay. 
Then I was like, oh, okay. Then I was like, oh, um, how much is he, um, what it says, rent going for? Then he kept insisting, how much do I have? You have. Then I told him that, okay, I could pay um, for a chamber and I was going for 800. So two years was going for 19,400. So I told the man that I was going to pay 500 a month, which I was going to be 12,000. Instead of the 800. In, yes, instead of the 800. Then he said, am I sure that's what I have? Then I said, yes. But I told him that I could get 9,000 for him the next day. Then he said, am I sure that's what I have? Then I was like, oh, why not? Then he said, he doesn't know. He just feels like helping me. Then as he looked at me, the man started to say things because I have prayed in my room. I have cried because tell when you the money I I don't know where it was going to come from. Then the man started to say things like like God had just used the man. He started to minister to me that ah, why don't you believe in prayers? When when you pray to God, God listens. God will answer you, my dear. Why are you worried? I feel God has started me to help you. Wow. Then he kept saying, he kept he was speaking in Then he said ah, sister, onya meso papa, onya meso. Then the man, the way he was looking, very wretched though. Then he started to make calls. Then he, um, not knowing, opposite where we were standing was, the, um, there's a factory there. I think it belongs to him. So he made some calls. Then he said, you know, let's go and sit in my car. Ah. Then I was like, ah, sit in your so car. So there is the same one you don't know. I don't the know. The agent that you were working with. Also yes. Doesn't know so now the agent, I think the agent's car had to pay agent fee because yeah. the agent now, <laughs> the agent now joined us to sit in the man's car. Wow. And the man said, oh, he has two apartments. He wants to show me the two apartments and whichever one I want, I should tell him so that I choose. Wow. Then I said, hey. Then I said, oh, I don't have the money now. Then he said, I shouldn't worry. He knows I will pay. I shouldn't worry. Ah, so we sat in this man's car. He took me to the first apartment. I mean, we looked at it. And as we were sitting in the car, like tears were just rolling down my cheeks because I had, I had given up. Like I was just tired. And the man kept encouraging me. Then we went to the second apartment. So when we finished, then he said, oh, which one do I want? Then I asked him that, which one would he have preferred giving to me? Then he said, oh, the first one. Then I said, oh, normally church and things, I come home late, so I want a place that is safer or closer to the road. Then he said, oh, he thinks the first one. And I was like, okay, good. Then he came to drop us. I was from Regina. Then he came to drop us at where he picked us. Then when we got down, I gave the, uh, I went to see, I went to the man to say thank you. Then the man gave me 100 Ghana to pick. <laughs> the, the man, man gave, gave me 100, 100 Ghana. CDs. Yes. Wow. 100 CDs notes that we should go and you should use this for TNT. Then, um, so the next day, Tuesday, I called the man that I was coming to give him the 9,000. He said, oh, no pressure. Then when I got there, he asked me that, oh, do I have everything cash? Then I said, oh, already that day, I was so happy. When I got to my room, I really knelt down and I thanked God. I was like, ah, how can someone who doesn't know me give, like, reduce a rent worth 19400 to 12000 I mean, this economy, and give me 100 cities as TNT. So I was so thankful. I was like, God, I don't know how this thing works. It's not a Nigerian movie. It's like, it's my own story. And... <laughs> That evening, I couldn't help it. I spoke to a few friends. I was like, I really thank God. That evening, I just prayed for the man. I was like, God, thank you for using this man to bless me. I didn't know something greater was coming. So um, on Tuesday, I called him that, oh, I had to give him the 9,000. He said, oh, no pressure. So when I got there, then he asked me if everything was cash. And I said, oh, no, I had 7,000 or Momo and 2,000 cash because of the rent I've been doing in town. Then he said, oh, do I know something? Let me, um, I should send him 3,000, then he'll show me how to send the other, and um, the balance. So when I sent him 3,000, then he said, oh, it's okay. God said he should take 3,000 from me. This is supernatural and divine provision. An angel in human body made the Lord give you angels your way to anyone who is expecting a miracle. May the Lord send someone you do not expect to come your way to provide for you. Hey, that is wonderful. So he took but only three thousand out of the nine thousand plus. Out of the nine thousand, because me that twelve thousand, I was happy. So. He said, oh, 3,000. Then he looked at me. Then he said, oh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Ah. Ah. 
Like the previous day, I was crying, but that day I couldn't say anything. I was just in shock. I was like, ah. The man kept laughing. Then he called one of his boys and he said, Unim, um, take her to the office. Tell them that she's paid 700 a month for two years. Take her details, give her the key, give her the card. Ah. It was like a movie. Then I went, they took my details, everything. Then <laughs> they, took me, they gave me the key and everything. And I told the man that, oh, the previous day he walked with me to the end. Uh, he drove me to the place. I wanted to walk to the place to know the direction to the house. Then he said, oh, do I really want to walk? He was sitting behind, he was sitting on a boboya. He just said, oh, I'll go with you. The man got down, walked with me to the place. And the previous day, he said there was an issue with the WC or something. By the time he went, he had changed it. And I realized that God had just come through for me, big time. And I have come to say thank you to God. And how long have you been in the house? How long have you been in the house? How long from the time? That you pay there. How long have you been? Oh, in the I house? think in the, a week now. All right. Has he asked for? The oh, rest? not at all. Oh, not, not at, at all. all. He's wow. been sending. He, he told me that if I have any issue, I should call him. And anytime he sends some, I think the, the electrician came to fix some things. They were like, "It's not my bill. I've already paid for rent." So according to the people he works with, I've paid, um, I think almost um, ten thousand plus. So they, they are not taking any money from me. And thank God. But I guess of God, when I wake up every day, I'm still shocked. In the I room. think it's a good place to <laughs> like, put our hands together. You for Jesus. There is a miracle. There is a real testimony. And we are so grateful to God. So LP, what do you want to tell the church? That believe in prayer. Prayer works. And believe you me, I spoke to Sister Joy and she spoke over my life that God will sort you out. I sowed seed. I um, I recorded prayers from Bishop Dag and I, I, I listened to it every evening and took communion. Like I activated everything because I knew I had no money. So activate, I had to activate every spiritual thing I knew. And truly, truly, God came through for me. Amen. May the words of our mother and our prophet work in our lives practically. Amen. You will be here to testify your own. Amen. All right. God bless you for coming. See you. I don't think your clap was equal to the testimony at all. Ask your neighbor, in your life, has 19,500 ever become 3,000 before? 19 to 3. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. You add a shout, add a shout. You have become like some old people. Your King of Kings, we bow down and worship you. Oh, words cannot explain how great you are. Oh, say, I can search the whole world through it. I'll never find someone. Oh, come on, put your hands together for the Lord. But I think that this morning, capable God must work. Yeah, capable God must work. Do you understand when I say it must work? We have to sing another song. This is our usual song. He's capable of. As she's sharing the testimony, there are others God here. You too, you have your issue. You too, you have your request. You too, you have what is doing you. Remind because you are that God not the man that changes your mind, oh. Those that know you will trust in ah, Sarah, are you not in the house? Come on. By the arm of flesh, no man can prevail. Come on. No man, no man, no man, no man. Sing it up. Hey, who is our confidence? What is hard? What is hard for you? It shall never exist. You do not lie. You do not lie. You do not fail. What is hard for you to do? Oh, 
talking this month about Joash, the king who had been told, take the arrow, hit it on the ground. Then he did one, two, three. He's tired. Oh! And Elijah, the prophet, was not happy with him. He said, if you had pushed small and done five, six, you would have vanquished your enemy totally. And sometimes it's like that. You have prayed, you have prayed. You prayed just the 30 minutes. But maybe if you had pushed a little. Yeah, so we talked about a little more effort. Are you there? A little more effort. And how just a little more effort can change something. Those of you who do exams, have you not had an exam where a little more effort and it was, it changed the whole thing? Yeah. And life is an exam. The whole life is an exam. You know, so it is important to go through life just making up your mind that I won't be some of these people who say, what did they say I should do? Then you do just that one. And that's enough. No, I will do the best I can do. Hallelujah. Then we went on with the example that we had. The next example was Joseph, if you remember. And we talked about how he made use of one more opportunity. That when he had an opportunity to do something, Pharaoh only said, you come and interpret my dream. But he went one step more because he could. Amen? He could. And what was the one step more? The first thing was that as soon as he finished, he, he also knew what the solution to the problem was. And he added it. Free of charge. He was not asked for it, but he added it. Not knowing that that addition that he made was what was going to open the door for him to become the prime minister of the land. Amen. I believe that if he had not said it, maybe at the end of it, they would have packed him again back into the prison to continue his prison life. Are you there? But just because he added a little more, we see that there was a main something, something. Tell your neighbor something, something. Yeah, just because he could. You see, that's what we are talking about, where you are doing a little more just because you can. Just because you can. Not even because anyone is even demanding it, but just because you can. Hallelujah. And we went through this whole story of Joseph and how each time, just because he could do something, he did it. He made Pharaoh a very wealthy man just because he could. And by doing so, he secured the future of his own people. Hallelujah. Last week, I was in... On my way, I didn't get here in time, but um, Rev. One was preaching and he talked about Noah, isn't it? And how God kept on asking for one more thing, one more thing. Yes, you are a preacher, but after preaching, build a boat. Some of you have said, please, I didn't do such a course. <laughs> Some of you would have done, hey, where are the carpenters? I need a carpenter, please. I'm not a carpenter. You cannot ask me to build a boat. But you see, just by following those things, he has become a major person in the Bible. Are you here? A major person. The Bible says that everybody in the current world, everybody stems from him. He and his three children. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so today we're coming to just the last, um, it's not the last thing in the book, but it's just the last week that we have. <laughs> and we want to just study one more thing. I want you to ask your neighbor, have you changed your mind? Have you become somebody who does a little more? A little more, a little more. Some of you, when we send you to go and ask for a person, you just go, then you give a certain kind of knock on the door. They come and say, nobody was there. Nobody was there. I didn't meet anybody. <laughs> Are you there? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when you are doing that, we say call. Then you take your phone, then you call, then it does. Pring, pring, then you. They didn't answer. They didn't answer. But there are also others who they went towards. The person wasn't there. As they are leaving, they say, let me just pass there one more time. And they go and pass there, and there you go. They meet somebody, and major things are happening. It's your choice which one you want to be. Are you in the house? Yeah. This morning, I'm going to share with you one more person, one more, one more uh, opportunity, somebody who did something because they could. Hallelujah. You know, many of us, God has given us a lot, but we trivialize the things he has given to us. There's a tendency to think that somebody else's own is more than yours. I don't know if you've ever been there. You know, if you are asked to sing a song, sometimes you feel that, oh, but this person sings it better. You know, I'm not really this, I'm not really that. And then we hide behind those things. And in the end, we are like people who have shot ourselves in the foot. Please, if you are sitting behind a pillar, 
and you cannot see me, or I also cannot see you. Wisdom means you should move home. Not from that end. I can see everybody there. There's a guy in a black shirt. He's right behind the pillar. Common sense should tell you to move. No, I can see him too. The one in front of him. Yeah. Something. To see too, we have to give you a sermon. <laughs> Just a little bit more. If you move a little bit, you'll be able to see. <laughs> Are you there? So don't set aside the things that God has given to you to do. Amen. Many times you are going to be asked to do something or an idea will come into your mind to do something that it looks even superfluous. Superfluous means that other people have done. So you ask, what is the use of yours? You see. But today, the example that we're going to pick is somebody who did not think that way. The apostle John was the youngest of all the apostles. He was a very young man when Jesus called him and he started in the ministry. Now, when the time came, Jesus had left. People were writing their books. Matthew had written. Matthew, for your information, he was what? Matthew was what? A tax collector. I mean, at least he was somebody who, Charlie, people used to fear him small. Luke was what? A doctor. So there's a doctor inside. Charlie, tax collector has written. Doctor has written. <laughs> Mark, I don't really know what to say he was. But whatever it is, he was also a bona fide member of the twelve. And all these knowledgeable men had written. And you, this small boy, God says that you should also write some. But you can easily say to yourself that I'm the youngest of them all. What if I write and there are mistakes inside? People will criticize me. Hello? What if I say so? Oh, everybody has written. Matthew has written. Mark has written. Luke has written. What, are, what do I have to say? Are you in the church? Some of you are very quiet. This morning you are trying to sound like an orthodox church. Yeah. (laughs) But John also decided that he will write what he knew. He will write what he remembered. Unlike some of us who say that, oh, even if I don't go, somebody will go. Yes, that's how many of you treat conventions. If I don't go, somebody will go. That's why sometimes we even can have a prophet here, then he'll be mentioning your name and you are in your house. I won't won't lie to me when I hear those things. It really pains me. Because I'm like, ah, what about those who are here? And you are calling somebody who doesn't care, who doesn't want to be here, who's sitting in the house. (laughs) Are you in the church? Hey, you are very quiet for this morning. Eh? I don't know what to do with you, but I'll take it like that. <laughs> I'll take it like that. Amen. We're talking about doing a little more. So here was John, and I think that he had good reasons to say he will not do. Very good reasons to say he was not do. He will not do. Because others had gone before him. Even Paul was like that. Others had gone before you. Paul, you were not even there when Jesus was around. So you have a lot of reason to say, I don't have anything to say or I cannot do because others have done. But I want to show you something. (laughs) You see, John made a difference and it was not a small difference. He made a very big difference. So don't hype yourself when God says that do that small thing. You may think that it's small, but by the time God is done with it, by the time he takes it up and uses it, it becomes something else. I remember when our father launched his first 10 books, they were very small books, 10 very small books. And he said later on that he was ashamed of the books. Yes, and that people laughed at him and said, is it a book or not? But I can tell you something. Years have passed down the line. I can show you minister after minister. I can show you different countries, people who have taken those same books. And it has helped them in their daily lives. There was a lady, she said she was just reading the book Demons and How to Deal with Them and she suddenly had an encounter. That was something that had come out of her. I can show you whole churches that have been changed by the same books that when he was going to write, it's like, oh, Kenneth Hagen has written. Are you to what you have to say? <laughs> Hello? And maybe you are even sitting in the congregation and the Lord has told you that you to write a book and you are saying that, ah, but me, I'm not professor, I'm not doctor, I'm not educated, I'm not anything. But who knows who is going to read that same book that you are going to write? 
Who am I? Today, these books that he was shy of have been translated into more than 64 languages. I beg you, I should know. I work with those books on a daily basis. Yes. Are you here? Oh, I said, are you here? You too, what has God told you to do that? You are busy arguing and saying that, oh, me, I'm just a small boy. I don't have money. Nobody knows me. Careful. Tell your neighbor, be careful a little. <laughs> I'm talking to someone this morning. <laughs> Look at John. I want to show you things John wrote about that nobody else wrote about. Not only did nobody else write about it, but these are very profound things that have really helped us in our Christian life. And I want to ask you what you would have done if you didn't know these things. Should I start? Hey, tell your neighbor on your marks. Get set. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> We're going to start from John chapter 1. Are you here? From John. It is from John that we learn that Jesus was with God the Father from the beginning. Nobody else told us. If you are a reader of the Bible, you would have read in the book of Genesis that God said, let us make man in our own image. But he, who was the us? We never know. <laughs> then John comes and says in the beginning was the word and the word was, 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 was with God the word was God are you there? then in verse 14 he says and the word became flesh he has told us who the word was and he tells us he was there from the beginning so we understand that this Jesus that we are now reading his story you know, he had been there all along as the word and then because he had something to do he became flesh and he came to we never knew it before we never knew it before amen I'm going through very quickly it was John who told us that we must be born again the others I don't know how they missed it but it was John <laughs> let's go from to John 3 and verse 3 look at it I, look this is the words of Jesus can you see it or not I verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. People today think that is the charismatic church who brought the term born again. That's why I said, buy your Bible and open your Bible and read it. And you would have discovered in the book of John that it was Jesus who brought that term born again. Hey, I'm talking to somebody this morning. We are continuing with John chapter 3 and verse 16, which you like quoting as the only scripture you can quote without thinking. For God so loved the world that he gave his... How else would we have known? You see, you can read it and you can see implications and you can... But it was John who told us that the sum or the result of God loving the world was the son that he gave. I don't know about you, but when I gave my life to Christ, I was really confused. I said, ah, yes, I don't know why, but I believe that there's a Jesus, but I do not understand what the connection is between the cross he was on and the blood he shed and me. I didn't get it until I saw the verse. Then I began to understand that he gives he gave his son so he is doing something to save me because I can't save myself I'm talking to somebody this morning he is not done in John chapter 4 and verse 24 he is the one who tells us that God is a spirit up until then some of you were walking around looking for stones and looking for idols and looking for a piece of wood and looking for something they say oh the stone is on the road it is refusing to move when they are making the road they say ah that's a god you don't have to go far to see one I won't place, mention the place <laughs> am I talking to some people this morning but John was the one who said listen God is a spirit and if you are going to worship him worship him in spirit and in truth even after I said look at how we struggle to worship him in spirit hey you did or you know they hey it was John who told us that Jesus is the bread of life we didn't know I am the bread of life John chapter 6 verse 48 in John chapter the same John chapter 6 54 that's when we realize that we understand what he means when he says that 
Whoever eats his flesh and drinks his blood has eternal life. When you don't have eternal life, you cannot take the communion. If you take it, Christ will be making you sick. Hey. Are you there? Oh, yes. Maybe you were not here the Sunday that we had drama in the house. It was the reason why we began to pack away the communion somewhere else until the service. Somebody came in. Somebody who had gone to a place. He used to be a Christian and he had now renounced Christianity and he had gone to join the Sakawa thing. And then when he began to chase him, oh, you don't know that it will chase you. I hope that if you are here. <laughs> when he began to chase him, he finally remembered that, hey, I used to be a Christian and he came into the house. And he said, we had not even begun. We had not even begun. And he saw the communion and he just went crazy. Totally bonkers. Yeah. So he had gone to walk around in things. Are you in the church? Hmm? There's something there. Tell your neighbor, there's something there. Hmm. John taught us a lot of things, I tell you. Some of them I'm jumping over because if I enter, I cannot come out now. Yeah. Hmm. It was through John that we learned that God will be with us if we do things that please him. It was through John. John chapter 8, verse 29. If I were you, I'll be putting down the scriptures because you don't know them. He that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. Why? For I do always those things that please him. Now you understand why fornicating is not helping you. Now you understand why stealing is not helping you. Now you understand why lying is not helping you. Should I continue talking about the things that are not helping you? So that it is because he's trying to do what pleases him. That's why he's always around. It was John who told us. Wow. Are you there? I'm continuing with things that John told us that the others didn't tell us. And in John chapter 10, in fact, I want to start with verse 9 before I come to. He says, I am the door. Jesus is the one telling us. Who else told us he's the door? Mm. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10. Then he goes on to say, the thief. Until Jesus spoke, we never knew Satan was the thief. He comes to steal to kill and to destroy. So anytime you see something that comes to steal, to kill and destroy, you know who he's working for. Then he says that I have come, that's he, Jesus, he has come so that we will have life and have it more abundantly. Because some people too, they make their life too sorrowful. They're also part of those who we don't know who they are serving. Because the one that we know, he says so that you will have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. How did we learn that? We learned it from Jesus. But we learned it through John. Nobody else quotes the scripture. Through John, we learned that Jesus was the good shepherd. Just go to verse 11. I am the good shepherd. Then he tells us who a good shepherd is. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Some of our my shepherds just to give the sheep a little more walking. Just to give a little of your money. It's a problem. But Jesus shared with us that he is a good shepherd. He is his life that he gave. Hmm. You can't be a shepherd. It won't cost you something. Hey, it's not possible. Hmm. Are you there? Yeah. That one day you are just a hireling. You are, we have hired you to take care of the sheep. Yeah, when you have somebody that you've hired that his hands are not in the thing, he'll run away. Oh, if people... Uh. But when it's for you, when David was watching his father's sheep, he said, when the lion comes and when the bear comes, I go after them. And I collect my sheep. Some of you, the people who have been assigned to you, when they go, you don't even care. To just call and find out, to even go to the house and say, brother, what's going on? Come, let's go to church. He said, by this time, he should know. Meanwhile, you are forgotten that you, the way somebody followed you before you became stable in church. My entry has why, and I'm in problems. John taught us something. He said that, Unless a seed falls to the ground, it won't bear fruit. Let's go there. Hmm? That's the scripture. Very, very, I say unto you. You see, you think that you know it all, but when you read, you suddenly begin to understand something. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Your whole life is a seed. 
and there's a way in which we also fall into the ground and when he says die nobody knows that you are there nobody knows anything about you but until you become that thing that nobody knows there's nothing rising up out of you wow. and let me finish hmm. through John we learn that we can do greater works this is another scripture that I'm surprised is not anywhere else in John 14 and verse 12 Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. I mean, if you go and stand somewhere and say, somebody will even warn you. How dare you think that you can even do the works of Jesus, let alone greater works. Hey! Please, I tell your neighbor, we are watching for who you are prayed for and healed. We are watching for the one you went to the house, the person was dying, it reversed because you have come. Hey, what was Jesus doing as he was going around? Was it not Sam? Yes, yes. Yeah. Today when the film stars were acting and the young lady was witnessing, I was saying to myself, I wonder if you know how real it is. How real it is. It looks like nothing. And sometimes when you go, me cry when I was seeing the four guys around the table, I was wondering whether <laughs> but you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Are you there? You'd be what? Yeah. I remember when we were starting the village churches in the north. It's like you have gone to a service, you have gone to stand under a tree for one hour. You have spoken hoping that your translator is saying the truth. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing, no. Like nothing. But today there are churches there. And there are people there. And there are pastors there. Mm. Please, oh, this one, don't clap. Think about yourself. Mm. It's not for the clapping. It's like, think about yourself. What was that little thing God asked you to do? Maybe it was even to just share the gospel with a child. And you say, oh, this one is a child. This one is a child. Meanwhile, one of the people who has most blessed my life financially that I cannot think of, she was a child. She was a child. I don't know why she does it, but even this week I got a note, a text from her. Thank you for preaching the word and leading me to Christ because of you. I mean, I was now she's a grown up, a major person somewhere. Hey. Hmm. Push your neighbor and say, The Lord is watching us all. Hmm. Through John, we learn that if we love God, we'll keep his commandments. John chapter 14 and verse 21. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. Are you there? And he that loves me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. I mean, these scriptures look so simple. Oh, you see, Many of us are looking for ways to tell God that we love him said that, oh, I brought you my whole salary. You have done well. I've given you some hours of worship. You have done well. What again have you done? I read my Bible. I pray every day. You have done well. I go to church. But he says that if you have his commandments, hey, you keep them. That's how he knows that you love him. Everybody and how he feels that he's loved. There are some husbands, your wife does not feel loved. What you are doing, she doesn't feel it. It's true. It's true. And some husbands, some wives, some of you, they don't feel what you are doing at all. Though. You are cooking the food is on time, but honestly, the guy couldn't care less. What he's looking for, you have not brought, because you don't even know. The church is very quiet today. In other words, everybody and how they feel loved. And here is Jesus telling us how God says he feels your love. And he says that when you know what he wants and you do it, that's how he feels loved. That's how he feels it. Hey. She asked her neighbor that can it be that as I've been coming for choir practice, choir practice, choir practice, ready, doesn't mind because doesn't feel it. <laughs> it's very serious. Though. It's very, very, very serious. You see, if somebody is doing something and you, you the person also feels he's doing power. There's a true story of a man who went with his wife. They said this is their last effort before they divorce. And they went to see a Christian counselor. 
And the man said, I do everything for my wife. Says, I get home before her. My work closes earlier. When I get home, I even I do the cooking. She comes to me dinner. I clean the place. You see, many people are saying, oh, because Charlie, they get. <laughs> it's like this one, we don't know it. <laughs> you can be sure that it's not in Ghana. That one I can promise you. <laughs> so, he said, I do everything. I clean, I take the trash out, I do everything. Every day this woman is, is crying that I don't love her. Every day she's crying that I don't love her. Every day she's crying. Talk to her because me, they're right now, I've done my everything. So the woman was sitting there and then the Christian counselor asked, ah, you have heard him. So what is the point? The woman said, my husband does not have time for me. Doesn't talk to me. Then the woman said, ask for cooking if he doesn't mind. When I arrive now, I'll do it. Washing the dishes is not a job. Clearing up. But just look at my face and talk to him. Then the man said, wait. So, what you are saying is that when you come home in the evening, I should just sit on the sofa. I should look at your face. I should talk to you. That's all. The man said yes. He said, oh, I don't have to be carrying the trash. I said, no, I can do my own thing. I don't have to be cooking. He said, no. I don't have to help do the claim. He said, no. All I have to do, I have to sit down, listen to you, talk to you for a few minutes every night, and that's it. The man said yes. That was the end of their issue. They went back home. Yeah. What am I saying? How did the person, how does the person feel loved? You look at me and you talk to me. God too says that. How do I feel loved? The thing that you know that I want, you do it for me. You know that these are my commandments. Do them for me. I'll feel loved. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. Hey! Let me finish. <laughs> I'm getting to some of my favorite places in this Bible, in this, in John. Oh yeah, John is one of my favorite books. It is from John that we learn about the Comforter in John chapter 14 and verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. It is such a key verse, I don't know how the others missed it. Hey, we would have been here. We wouldn't know who the Holy Ghost is. We will know that there is a Holy Ghost, but we will not have known who he is. That word even that he used, comforter, which he they even said is the Holy Ghost. In the, in the Greek Bible it says paraclete, and it means so many things. Your teacher, your helper, your advocate. Have you ever felt you need a lawyer to talk your case for you? So that's the Holy Spirit. Your standby. Right now, you see this area, you know how ECG is. It's the standby that's working. That's why we can have the service without a problem. Hey, we would not have known that in this our life, the Lord has given us a, a, a standby. That same word, paraclete, it means strengthener. That when it is not working for me, I can ask for the strength of the Holy Ghost. Come on. It was John who told us all. It was John who told us. The others never told us who exactly this Holy Spirit is. Would have been walking here just looking for something spirit, spirit. The others, you see, in many of the books, we hear of him as a wind. We hear of him as a something. Window you cannot catch. Fire hole you cannot hold. But when you tell me that this person is my strengthener, my standby, my counselor, my helper, my teacher, come on, I can ask something. Oh, it was John who told. I think you should give John a better hand clap than that. Hallelujah. And from there, we go into John chapter 15. One of the most remarkable chapters of all. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. As you are there, you have been asking for something, something, something for a long time. Maybe this is your scripture. That you should say, Lord, maybe your word is not in me. I better do some work on that. Because he says, if my word is in you, and you ask, I will hear. Hey. <laughs> he goes on. John chapter 15. That whole chapter, if you like. The whole chapter. 
It's only John who tells us that you are a tree in a certain way. We meet it again in Corinthians, but it's John who describes it. Where Jesus says that, <laughs> I am the vine. Yeah, my father is the husband man. says, any branch in me. Hey, before that, we didn't know where branches so. Ask your neighbor, did you know you are a branch? And it's John who told us that if you are in the house and you don't do anything for him, he will remove you. Hey, you must ask yourself as you are sitting today, has God removed me? Hmm. It's a very big question. Amen. Then he says that when you are bearing fruit too, I will purge you. Sometimes what you are going through is, is a purge. We learn all this one in John. I don't know who else describes it like this. Please, let me move on. <laughs> John 15, 16. If you are very subway, you are very subway. How am I then? You have not chosen me. I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth food, that your fruit should remain. I mean, I like the end of it. He said, if you do it, eh, whatever you ask me, I'll give it to you. Oh, hey. I think John did a good job. John did a good job. Yeah. And through John, we learn about the last prayer of Jesus on earth. In John chapter 17, verse 1, the Bible says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify thee. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I've given you no less than about 19 or 20 scriptures that we see in the book of John that we don't see anywhere else. Apart from that, there were four miracles that he spoke about. He didn't talk about a lot of things, but there are four miracles he gave that never appeared anywhere. Hey, are you there? And it was from him that we learn that God can actually come, do something, and leave the rest of us in our trouble. Because he was the one who gave us the story of the miracle at the pool of Bethesda. Yeah. In John chapter 5, where Jesus was passing and he came to one person, healed that one person and went away. When they asked him, he said, hey, I do what I see my father do. If not, by this time, we would have been beating evangelists. Because when we go and we pray, some people are healed and some people are not healed. But from here, he's like, hey, I do what I see my father do. Are you in the house? Yeah. And the most remarkable of the miracles, and I'm ending, the most remarkable of the miracles that I marvel that it's not told anywhere because it is probably the greatest miracle and that was the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Why do I call it the greatest miracle? Because not only was it raising a dead man, but the man had been dead for four days. Do you know how a dead body looks after four days? Do you know how it smells? After all, yeah, I agree. Liz says, I don't want to know. I agree with you. I agree with you. And the Lord turned all that back and raised Lazarus. It was John who told us. What would have happened to us if John had said, I'm only a small boy? What would have happened if John had said, everybody is talking. Why do I need to talk? Oh, the choir has enough choristers. Why do I need to choir? Hmm. Oh, the pastors in the house, they are enough. Who needs me? What would have happened? And what would have happened if you had done what he asked you to do? Just talk to that one. Just do a little more. Just give a little more. Are you in the house? And many times just by somebody doing a little more, something becomes possible. This morning, I just want to bring an end to this whole series by asking you a question. What has God asked you to do that you have just trivialized it, that you have just thrown it away, that you have just said that it is nothing. What has he asked you to do? Maybe you should turn back and take it up again. Are you in the house? What have you been asked? You see, not that he has come down from heaven. <laughs> maybe he asked you through a human being. That's why you took it lightly. Or maybe he asked you through your own thought, an idea that occurred to you, and he just said, oh, what is the use? Maybe you need to think about it again and go and take it up again because who knows what God will do if you decide to do just a little bit more. Stand to your feet. As I close, I'm reminded of a true story of a pastor who was in the U.S. He was a pastor in a village, small town, and something said to him that, ah, you should pray a little more. 
He said he used to watch TV every night. And he watched around midnight and go and sleep. And then he said, what if I prayed a little more? What if I cut my TV watching by some two hours? So he began to stop the TV watching at 10 o'clock in the night and he would go and pray from 10 to 12. From that prayer, he was in the village, but from that prayer, I don't know if you are a different generation, but the older generation would know when we mentioned the name Nicky Cruz. Nicky Cruz was a very wicked gangster. He used to kill people. And it was from that prayer, it's a long story, that man led Nicky Cruz to Christ. It ended the gangs in a certain part of New York. Yes. But it began just by a little more. A little more. This morning as you bow down your head, ask the Lord, Lord, what is that little more? What, what were you asking of me that I should do? Talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Talk to the Lord for a few minutes this morning. Maybe he's asked you to do something and you've refused. Because there are people here who have been asked to do things who have refused. This time I want you to just apologize to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me, forgive me. And say, Lord, give me another opportunity. Give me another opportunity. Give me another chance to do something. Who knows, maybe my little bit would have become something. Just because somebody taught Bishop Doug how to have his quiet time. We have so many teachings from his quiet time. Talk to the Lord this morning. Talk to him this morning. Talk to him this morning. Oh, Father. Help us to remember those things you've asked us to do and give us an opportunity to do them. And this afternoon, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, maybe you are here and Sunday after Sunday, the Lord has been calling you and been saying, give your life to me. He's been beckoning you, give your life to me. You are here this morning. You've not done it. You've pushed it aside. But this morning, you are here. This morning, I want to say, listen to what he's saying. And as I ask you to lift up your hand so that we will pray together, I want you to do it. You are here this morning, this afternoon, and the Lord is calling you one more time. He says, give me your life. And you know you've not done it. Just lift your right hand up and we're going to pray together. Because it is John again who told us the thief is the one who comes to steal your life. Lift up your right hand. God bless you. I see your hands. God bless you. If you've lifted your right hand, I want you to just come to me this morning. Just come. I'm standing right here. Just come. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray. Come, my dear. Come, 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 come. 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 Just come to me. Just come. You lifted up your right hand saying, Ah, this Sunday, dear, I will give my life to Jesus. Come. Come. You've been hearing, uh, running away, uh, but today, come. Just come. Just come. God bless you as you come. God bless you as you come. Come unto Jesus. Oh, come. It is the Lord who's calling you, even though he's using the voice of a person. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just come. Just come. You are standing in the congregation. Your heart is beating. The Lord is still calling you. Just come. Just come. Just come. Come to standing in front here this morning I want you to pray this prayer after me and those of you in the congregation please help us and support us you want to say Lord Jesus I come to you today as a sinner please wash me in the blood of Jesus cleanse me from my sins please write my name in the book of life Lord Jesus from today from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. And we believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S-E. God richly bless you.